0: gentlemen you're live from eat sleep suplex
1: retweet on trap
2: what's
1: happening everybody and welcome to this another episode of eat sleep suplex retweet again not live on a nice solid sunny day here in Scotland I am your host this Stephen Wilson, and today we are rehashing the episode that we couldn't do because we buggered up our recording. <laughs> yes, we are talking about the best wrestling family, so I am joined by the same panel who did that other show, rounded them up on this day on our remote service and anchor. Uh, first of all, we've got a man who I have seen far too much of on the last three days, far too much i don't want to see him again for a while it's david Hawkman. oh I'm, I'm, you've you've gone and hurt my feelings there. i think that weekend in budapest is actually a lot no, of fun, fun. Dave, yeah i'm feeling not not too bad actually considering i've been up since like half two in the morning and i've consumed more uh alcohol david, than the last your weekend. memoirs will be released next week <laughs> <laughs> shut up. You're, you've not been introduced yet yeah, yeah. Um, don't do uh, my like, shop. <laughs> <laughs> And if you didn't like that David, we fortunately have another David! David, <laughs> David Campbell!
3: Oh, it's great to be here, thanks for having me back. And this sunny, this is so weird, it's so fiend to be able
1: to do this naked without
3: anyone seeing me no one.
0: <laughs> and
1: the memoirs of other David will be released! Yes, as opposed to in the studio when you're naked and we do not want to see that. Yes, you can do it! Your own. Uh, David Campbell, how is it? How is it? Otherwise, are you?
3: Oh, fam, all right, I'm alright, I'm um, alright. Just, you know, the usual. You know, life's good. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> good, good. What can I say? And fresh off of taking a bump from a camera
4: at the weekend, it's Derek Cannon. <laughs> Hi Stephen, how are you? No bad, better than you probably. <laughs> yes, yes, it wasn't wasn't nice. I had a wedding at the weekend and wind blew a big um, light, you know, one of the big lights on a tripod right into my nut, so I spent <laughs> the rest of the wedding
0: at a and lovely. Any excuse not to hang out with his unloads. <laughs>
4: Aye.
1: Aye. Aye. <laughs> I all the way down south and couldn't be bothered. Aye. Well, other than that, I was, it was a good weekend though. Yeah, Good, good. Good to have you back on, Derek. Cheers, buddy. And rounding off the panel, uh, he's the most popular man in the McLeod family, like because Scott's not on this week, it's Ross McLeod. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You don't deserve a response for that.
1: You don't give me a response for anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what you've done. You dodgy Wi-Fi.
1: <laughs> Fuck off. Stop downloading dodgy pictures of Billy gun and talking the podcast.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know I'm an ass, man. Yeah, we all know that. Uh, Ross Housefag. <laughs> I don't know, bud. And trying to control this chaos remotely without his usual sliders. Quacku!
2: <laughs> Ehhh, yeah, how uh, <are> you doing?
1: <laughs> I'm no
2: bad, how you? Ah, not too bad. I have no sliders. Ross isn't sliding in anymore, so it's all good. i <laughs> would <laughs> yeah, yeah. sort of
1: like to slide into Ross McLeod's
0: DMs instead of him doing it to you for once, you
1: can find him at app one Ross McLeod on Ah, that's <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Ross is that sophisticated, he uses Twitter for his sliding. <laughs> As opposed to Facebook. Yes, guys, How is uh, was everybody? i mean, of people into, I mm-hmm. uh, We all alright, we all good? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> doing good, <laughs> doing good. Yes, so we are re recording this podcast as we had an absolute technical nightmare when we first did it and lost the recording, so no idea what happened.
0: No, no, what happened was me and Derek went to the pub and used were all desperate to come with us, so you basically buggered up saving it. Yeah. <laughs> Any
1: excuse to blame Euros, yep. I'll take that. Yes. Yeah. So we are recording this remotely, so we're not live. So we may have a few. Oh, well, we always botch anyway. I mean, I mean, David went to Budapest for three days. if we you can make it through an hour and a half, we're doing well. So we're going to go through a few wrestling families, pretty much some of the best ones. We've got all the great ones and a couple of ones that uh, the two Davids have researched in the last week and a half. But hopefully. Uh, so, if you want to chip in the conversation, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at SuplexRetweet. Right, guys, ready? to Go! Let's go to Dave's favourite place, Canada. Derek, could you still get your big page of notes in the Hart family? Yes, Let's I do. You in this one? Let's go. With it's you, laminated. Your them. <laughs>
4: laminated. <Ooh. laughs> that new job comes with new perks. <laughs> it, sure, it sure does. The Hart Foundation, the Heart, uh, heart family—sorry, one of the most well-known um, families in the wrestling industry—started with. Um, Stu Hart, the father, he was wrestler, promoter and trainer, owned um Stampede Wrestling, trained um such superstars such as Billy Graham, Devon Eriks, Edge, Christensen, um Jericho, um, Benoit and all of eight sons that he's got, David. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> um, eight sons and four daughters. Yeah, four daughters as well. Well done, Dave. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's a massive wrestling family. Um, even the daughters um, married married wrestlers as well. Two of them in particular, um, Jim D and David Boy Smith as well. Mm.
1: Yeah,
4: it's an illustrious
1: family. so who's who. Well, obviously, we'll start with Brett, and I'll go to David uh, Hockney in this one. David. Uh, Brett Hart, uh, yeah. top 5 of, the, ever of all time, top 10? or would you... Definitely top 10 at least. Best there is, best there was, best there ever will be. I mean, what can you not say about Brett Hart? Arguably, submission specialist, technical masterclass, probably one of the top feuds of the year as well with HBK. But obviously I think people sort of, Shared a lot of uh, negative events with him, like maybe the Montreal job in particular. Mm. But I think that overshadowed. I think that really overshadowed the fact, like how how good he was in the ring. He's main evented WrestleMania against his own family as well at times. But he just delivered every single time. That's all I can really say about. Yeah, him. great, great technical wrestler. And you, know, uh, you talk about feuds. And you mentioned the Shawn Michaels one, but probably best of a feud to many people's eyes, with his brother own. Yeah, to be fair to say. Uh, Ross, what was your thoughts on uh, the Hart brothers?
0: Uh, well, as the older brother, I can see Brett's frustration of an annoying younger brother and him slap the face off him. So, <laughs> <laughs> and Scott, <laughs> was was, like, always, uh, it's always described as the best opening WrestleMania match of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it set up a great feud for SummerSlam with Brett losing the opening match but winning the World Title in the main event. Mm-hmm. And again, are, they done it six months down the line at SummerSlam, and again in a cage—absolutely amazing, Pro- possibly the best cage match of the nineties. Mm-hmm.
1: Probably one of the best cage matches of all time. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, okay. yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, but as I say, if you had them um, own, if you didn't have Bret, it would just own. We know he was probably up there as one of the greats. But obviously, he had—he was in Brett's shadow for so long, pretty much his full career.
0: Yeah, he was the—he was. A, he was a victim of the thing at the time of, oh, well, he's smaller, so people won't buy into him, you know. As much as they were coming away feeling like, the steroid-infused guys of the 80s with the likes of Michaels and Bret Hart. These guys were still pretty tall, you know, Michaels is about 5'11", I think Bret Hart's just about 6 foot as well. So, they're, they're still tall guys, you know, not WWE I mean, tall, but they're still tall guys, whereas Bret Owen was about 5'9", and I think he still suffered for that sort of stigma in the early 90s. Yeah, I mean talk about Owen, I mean it's,
1: it's 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 quite a sad thought that uh, in a in his ta- one of his original tag teams, he's the one that's not in the Hall of Fame, him and Coco Beware. <laughs> 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 it's clear I feel
0: bad for the, I know it's not about Coco Beware, but there's worse in there than Coco Beware for Christ's sake.
1: Yeah, but if you look at that tag team, I and mean, if you had to pick these two are in the one of these two are in the Hall of Fame, what one should it be? Not well we watched
0: when we rewatched King of the Ring it was a match between Billy Gunn and Ken Shamrock. It was a Hall of Fame on the ring. And it was a referee. It was Terry Long. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I mean, it's not the worst thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know no. But um, we talked. Uh, we talked originally about uh, extended families, and I'll go to David Campbell here on this one. they mm-hmm. um, have got one of the obviously we've got one extended part of this, but some of the names in the extended family are obviously massive too as well. Uh, David Boy Smith and Jim Nighthawk.
3: Yes, absolutely. Um, obviously, the Hart Foundation Jim was Brett's tag team partner for years, very successful. Uh, together won numerous titles in the WWE. And it's interesting you talk about his uh, match with Michaels and Brett's rivalry with Michaels in relation to Jim and Brett, Because Brett was one of the first guys, I think, that broke out from becoming a tag team wrestler, or most famous for being a tag team wrestler, and it becoming a big single star. Mm-hmm. And that sort of left Jim to appear like the sort of Marty Jannetty. Of the tag team at that time, but he was very talented. He was very talented in his own right as a big man. Like he did have a, a presence about him. Oh, he um, had a
1: presence. That's one thing for sure. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and then obviously his daughter Natalia still competes uh, in the WWE today. I think at this point she's one of the longest tenured members of the current roster as well. Uh, for talking about the next generation of the family.
1: Yeah, so should be yeah. One in the. Natalia, yeah, I think Natalia's been with the company about 11 years now. Yeah, she'll down. be in the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match. She'll be on the preview in a show a couple of weeks hosted by Ross Pog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Natalia's winning Money in the Bank.
3: I think she'll win it. Yeah. Let's yeah. that, discuss that on a
0: preview show in <laughs> 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 five weeks. I, yeah.
4: Don't spoil it, guys. Don't spoil it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they've got the other half of the uh, extended family as well. Davy Boy Smith, amazing in his own right. The British Bulldog, of course. Uh, but David Campbell
3: again, yeah. The British Bulldog obviously had that match at SummerSlam and Wembley Stadium against Bret Hart, I believe it main evented that year for the yeah. Intercontinental title. Mm-hmm. That's what there's always sort of talk about, and those two will forever be linked uh, through that match, I think. And that triumph of the British Bulldog in his home country is one of those Not like he was always a very, very good wrestler in his own right. The British Bulldog maybe could have been used a bit better. I don't believe he was ever. World champion with the company. No. Um, although a lot of people thought he might have a potential to do so, was a very popular character at the time. Yeah, and also his son also went on to compete with the WWE, uh, David Boy Jr. Uh, in a tag team with Tyson Kidd. And yes, he's
1: never a tag. champion in Japan. Well, was a tag champion. he's won multiple tag championships
3: in Japan. You know. Hmm. Yeah. No, I'm not that familiar with the. The Japanese wrestling, but uh, interesting fact, he was, he is down as the last World Tag Team Champion uh, in the WWF in the WWE uh, that titles in his lineage was cut out in 2010 when it was unified with the WWE Tag Team title. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, we will will go down in history for that. Yeah,
1: that, Yeah, that's when we got those sort of copper coloured round tag titles rather than just the two separate ones for the both brands. Yeah. The petty bells
4: aye, yeah, exactly, that's <laughs> it. But, uh, Derek, you may have Which a bit more
1: memory. David, Boyce, the European champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he yeah, was well, definitely. Um, obviously, I, we well, talked. We talked in our show last week how um, his second run was tainted a wee bit. Uh, pretty much, he didn't. He didn't look interested. And Ross, I think you brought that point up in the last. Week. Yeah,
0: he uh, lost a European title to like two jobbers, Val Venus, and Well, no, jobbers. You know, they weren't exactly on. You look at. It, popularity of British Bulldog in the 90s, and then you look at, you know, Valentinus and Dale Brown, they get nowhere near his popularity, mm. and he's cut wearing jeans, you know, most memorable things they the rock, or bottom, and a, a pile of dog crap. It's not even that, they took his music away, and just replaced it with like grungy music, dogs barking over the top of it, like, it was as if they just stripped everything away. Aye, yeah, totally. But uh, as we said, the, the
1: the Heart Dungeon it brought so many people through it as well. It's such an illustrious name for wrestlers and the final guy as well, Tyson Kidd. I mean, it's doing really well in production, uh, David Hawking. Aye, Tyson Kidd. Uh, WWE was dubbing him as the last graduate the, of the Heart Family Dungeon, and you know he had a successful run as part of the he- Heart Dynasty. But I think it's just sad that his career got cut short due to the. Uh, a slightly botched muscle buster, Team Cesaro as well, which I think they, they clicked mm. very well. Yeah. Even Cesaro started adopting the sharpshooter as well, so I think he really sort of had a, a bit of a connection with the, the Hart mm. family style in a yeah. way. So that sort of helped him out I as well. think
3: uh, when it comes to Tyson, Kid people forget uh, that his run when he had to go back to NXT uh, was where he really found found himself as a heel. Mm. It was really, really good. And I remember I think it was the first ever NXT TakeOver in main evented with Neville. Uh, with yeah, Neville, Sami Zayn, and Tyler Breeze. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I,
0: I, I, that
3: was that was the one after it. I think it was the, the first one. It was I think it was just Neville against Tyson Kidd.
0: Yeah, uh, and it that's was, actually that was actually on this day in twenty twelve. Yeah, on this goal. day.
1: Ah, Dave, Dave,
0: Dave. You're in the correct stats here. I think it 2013. I'm, but, I'm not quite Dave level, but it was. It was on this day.
1: But yeah, it was. Um, I think it was 2014 actually. But uh, yeah, there's so much you can talk about in the Hart family itself. But um, it's good that we not we've not mentioned at all that match at WrestleMania 26. And I think we should probably leave it at that and not talk about WrestleMania. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so can I just say something as well? We talked about uh, Jim Nighart being made to look like the Marty Jannetty because Brett left. Hmm. I heard a q a with Shawn Michaels, and he was talking about Marty Jannetty. And talking about, you know, Marty had problems, but could still wrestle. Jim was a muscle guy. He was the heavy for Bret Hart. He couldn't wrestle. Why does no one ever say, "Oh, he's the Jim Night Hart of the tag team"? Because Marty Jannetty still won things. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you make a fair, you make a fair point, but um, we're we'll going to the next family we have got now, and we've got the the Colossus family. I say in wrestling, the main family in wrestling. We're talking about the McMahon's. Uh, obviously the powerhouses. Uh, David Campbell, uh, talk to us about the man.
3: Yeah, so back in the day, Jess McMahon and Toots Mond uh, started their Capital Wrestling Corporation in 1953. Uh, Jess died in 1954 and Vince Senior took over the company, made it into the WWF, retired in 1982. And then his son Vince took over and has ruled the universe ever since uh, <laughs> with uh, with an iron fist, uh, much like the mad, fight, uh, mad Titan Thanos. Thanos, Thanos. He started to gatherings of every territory he could get his hands on uh, to put them all together uh, into the global conglomerate as the WWE we all know and love today. So, uh, yeah, but. In all seriousness, Vince McMahon's done for wrestling what McDonald's has done for hamburgers. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yes! What an analogy! I mean, I'm fair props to you. I mean, especially getting uh, an Infinity War uh, trend going there—that was yeah. yeah. But you rightfully brought up the the territory parts with the parts <laughs> with Vince McMahon. I mean, uh, David Hockney. I mean, it's an amazing Vince's strategy, especially compared to his father. His father wasn't really interested yeah. in doing that. He was happy with the status quo. Vince thought, "No, I'm going to." do this thing, I'm going to make this, you know, mainstream. Yeah. And he did that pre- perfectly, as we've still got it today. No, absolutely. I mean, while a lot of people may have seen it as sort of an unethical approach, it was it was ruthless, but it was successful. Mm-hmm. You know, it made Vince a millionaire and then evidently a billionaire as well. So if, from a business perspective, I think it was pure genius. I, mean, I think it's quite interesting. I'm looking this up here, but it says Vince McMahon's worth 2.3 billion, but Linda's is only 500 million. I mean, that's not really fair, is it? <laughs>
0: I mean, she she's in bed with the trumps.
3: Yeah. The two field two political campaigns will do that to you. you know? yep.
1: Yeah. Well, she's. Is, am I right in saying she's administrate, administrate, administrator of small business administration? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, <yeah.
0: laughs>
1: she worked,
2: she yeah, works for
1: that, That's what we should say. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Uh, but yeah, um, the thing Vince has obviously got, he's got that. You've got the, obviously his daughter and his son, Shane and Stephanie, who have been all over the WWE product themselves since the late 90s. I mean, Derek, what's your thoughts on
4: these two? Um, I think Shane and Stephanie have done done a massive amount for the company um, over the years. Some of the storylines that they've been in have been absolutely fantastic. Let's not forget, the two of them just wrestled at um, WrestleMania there as well. and the, I think the two of them put on two very good displays as well. Mm. Yeah, um, Some of the funds like in WCW, that was fantastic. Um, I love that bit. Um and some of the, the family fighting, um, you know, the authority that, that, that WWE had as well at the time, it's it was brilliant. Mm. Um and I think these guys have um they've done a lot for WWE but WWE have also done a lot for them as well, obviously. Yeah. I mean there's a there is great differences
1: between the two. I mean Stephanie's obviously she's been stayed in the business for the full time but uh, Shane, he's, he's been off and pretty much, he, he's built his own wealth and I think that's the kind of difference people say. I mean Ross, I believe you've said that in the past, that's the main differences between the two.
0: Yeah, he's, even with the likes of Triple H and the likes of uh, Vince, they've never really had a success outside of the WWF. Mm. Like you, you, know, They produced some of the Rock's early films mm. and that, that was when he was just like, oh isn't it cool that the Rock's an actor? Now the rock when he's went off on his own and has not got WWF behind him that's when he became a megastar Shane did have WWF behind him and he went to China uh, obviously they don't have YouTube there so he, there was a, an opening the market for a on-demand video platform he's seen that invested in it made himself Billions of dollars outside, you know, didn't have to rely on daddy's money Not mm-hmm. daddy gave him a promotion, you know, to head a creative like Stephanie has yeah, Stephanie, you, Stephanie has done a lot of stuff, you know, I mean, let's not forget She's the historic person that invented the first ever <laughs> <women's>, everything <laughs> which we will talking about
3: on her historic show next week <laughs> On the 7th day, God created women uh, No, God created Stephanie, Stephanie created women Exactly I think <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: she, is, she is involved in a lot of charity stuff, but you know
1: uh, as chief sort of chief brand officer, you know she is like you know she promotes the anti-bullying campaign. She wants to. Yeah, as, as, uh, as, as active... as she slaps one of her employees in the ring. Like. <laughs> yeah, it's a very sort of mixed bag get with Stephanie because you know she does all that stuff outside the ring, but it completely contradicts to what she does inside the ring. So it's it's hard to really take yeah, it seriously. One thing you gotta remember is she's never had a return that Shane had a couple of years ago. Oh. My God, the pop when that man came out in sneakers, brilliant. Oh yeah, and he did the the dance as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you did that. on Saturday, David. did the chain strip.
4: I by. did that. <laughs> did the girls laugh it up? <laughs> they
0: laughed at it
1: no <laughs> up. Up and down the bars, uh, but not back to the back to the tour. I mean, obviously the the thing about now is we've got we talked about extended families with the hearts. They, they've got the one real extended member of this family. And it's the game, the Cerebral Assassin Triple H. Uh, there's criticism of the fact he's kind of married his way to the top, but obviously he's seen as a massive figure now, and obviously, booking with NXT. I mean, uh, I'll actually talk about the quack on that one. Quack, you're obviously an NXT man. Mm-hmm. Something else that Ross is trying to slide into. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> well, apparently, well, I've slid into the DMs every last year on that podcast. I of these are sliding into quackers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, be
1: in the yeah, dream team quack- or die trying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Quack, we wish. Uh, Triple H's influence on the McMahon the, family and in the business now.
2: Well, it's, it's quite big because especially with Vince. Vince strikes here as somebody that although he may take some ideas, but he doesn't take big key ideas that he sees as against his way of thinking or against like the kind of ethos that he sets. Mm. So, NXT has had big creative you like, control from Triple H and I'm sorry to say you can actually tell that it comes from more diverse ideas than maybe the one idea
1: pushing it, because Mm -hmm. it's it's not just the same agenda coming through. Yeah, I mean you can see the difference with 205 Live now especially as well. Oh, big time. I mean, just in general, general, do you see the future being bright with these
0: two at the helm? I see it it being bright with Triple H for the simple fact is, if you've seen the, the show Breaking Ground on the WWE Network. You yeah. know, uh-huh. a, big, a big complaint of WWE's writing process Is it's sitcom writers and comedy writers And you know, if you don't know wrestling You can't write for it You see the writing team there It's the likes of Terry Taylor It's A-Train It's uh, Sarah D'Amato Who's writing all the women's stuff So it's a women's wrestlers point of view mm-hmm. For women's mm-hmm. wrestlers And obviously you've got Triple H there You've got the likes of Before he left, the greatest wrestler ever Billy Gunn was there uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ryan Ward <laughs> Basically he was the best guy on the creative team who was being stifled because there was too many people there. Mm-hmm. Triple H seen that and you know took him out and went here's an, here's an environment you can thrive in. You know you'll be the co-head writer with me and obviously you've got the likes of William Regal, Bobby Brookside telling you know uh, Sean Michaels at the performance center telling mm-hmm. the writing team these are these guys strengths that's their weaknesses. Write up their strengths and here's how you he can hide their weaknesses it's a wrestling show by wrestlers
1: yeah totally and hopefully that uh that helps wrestling stay alive for many times and we might
4: get more mcmahon's ruling the world and finding more infinity stones <laughs> one of the last things Steve, sorry if i can yeah, say about vince was when um when me and um, my evil brother gary started watching the wrestling back <laughs> in the um, back in the early 90s vince was a vince was a commentator yeah on it um so vince had obviously He's been involved, obviously been involved in it. But he's been ever since I've watched wrestling, WWE stuff Vince has been involved in it, um, and it just sort of shows you from the time when it was a WWF and how it's changed and got bigger and um, everything like. That, it just shows you it's all down a a lot it's down events.
1: Yeah, totally. He's a genius. He's a genius. I mean. I mean, I'm, I'm not really happy that you talked down about a there, Derek
4: as well, Gary. <laughs> you're the one that's usually talking them down, not me.
0: Yeah, but uh, to be fair, Derek. aren't them- brothers just the worst.
4: They are, mate. They are. Try having, try having an annoying me cousin as well that you're very close to.
0: Hello. <laughs> oh, mate, mate, that's done. <laughs> I having an, an annoying ginger pal, you're really close to it. It's just terrible. <laughs> Derek, it <really> is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Moving on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's talk about the next lot. Let's go to Mexico and talk about uh, the Guerreros. Obviously, one of the most influential families in that side of the world. Uh, I'll go to you, Ross, actually, you yeah. cheeky so and so. What can you tell us about the Guerreros?
0: Well, that was uh, an amusing tip that I was going to tell last week when. Dave interrupted me on the show that never was. <laughs> it, was <laughs> <laughs> it was about uh, obviously Gory uh, Guerrero, the patriarch of the family, invented the move now known as the Camel Clutch. Yes. And uh, <laughs> Mohammed Hassan had been using it as a finisher when he was goaded by wrestlers backstage to confront Eddie Guerrero, who had used it in a house <laughs> show match. Mm. Because they said if he uses that move as a transition move, it devalues your finisher. Mm. And poor Mohammed, not knowing that Eddie's dad invented the move, walked up to him with all the confidence in the world and said, Stop using my move. <laughs> <laughs> and according to eyewitnesses, Eddie wanted to leather him where he stood.
4: Was Eddie not the <laughs> champ at that
0: point? Uh, no, it uh, was just stuff. It was basically when he was on his most popular run. Ah, it was, right, like, yeah. was mid 2005 when Mohammed Hassan went to smack them. Oh,
1: yeah, for as before he passed away, right? so that actually. Mm. Uh, yeah, but, uh, David Dalton, you've we uh, talked about Eddie. Uh, you did that uh, uh-huh. piece, a, few, a blog post a few years ago about the what if on Eddie. Guerrero. that we kind of talked about him. Um, our first show in two point three tweets. Yeah, it was my very first sort of blog post and our very first sort of topic on the show as a whole. It was because Eddie sadly passed away in two thousand and five. It left a lot of unanswered questions. Thinking, could he have had another world title run? Because he was on a really a really popular run in the sort of end of 2005, he just got out of a feud with Batista, he had an excellent series of matches with Rey Mysterio. I think he was actually tipped to win the World Championship again just before Survivor Series Mm. that year uh, from Batista because Batista was dealing with injuries. Uh, There was even talks that Eddie would have faced Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 22 rather than Mm. than Vince. So I think the possibilities were endless if Eddie hadn't sadly passed Mm. away. Yeah. And it was, it was one of the biggest losses in the industry as a whole, not just in WWE. Yeah, one
3: thing I've been thinking about since last week, we're talking about dream matches for Eddie. But I think like a dream scenario would be how fun would Eddie Aguero have been if Mr. Money in the Bank mm-hmm. holding the contract.
1: Like no. cheat, and steal would have been like, aved up big time as a result. Yeah, that
0: would have been so much fun. Yeah, like, that would, I think yeah. actually you're talking there just something that's came away after off David Campbell's idea. Remember when Dean Ambrose kept stealing the money in the bank? and how cringeworthy that was, that <laughs> Eddie would have made
1: that. If Eddie did it, he would make it work. Yeah, yeah. like
0: when like, the cringy storyline with R-Truth stealing the King of the Ring, Sceptre and all that for Wade Barrett, <laughs> Eddie would have made that work as well. There's just, it, it's something you could do as well, just look at all the cringey storylines and oh. just go, Eddie would have made that work. Did you not
1: know do <laughs> yeah. it in the 31 with the Intercontinental
0: Championship? No, no, it, the... it, was, uh, it was after that when he he'd lost the Intercontinental title and then he won uh, King of the Ring. Right, okay. But anyway, right. uh, yeah, that was, was a bit leading up to this where Dean and r and Warren Carper and Daniel Bryan and Stardust all the title. Yeah, and R-Truth, and R-Truth was, he was the heights, but yeah, it was a ladder
1: match. <laughs> that was a real one. <laughs> uh, talking about the things we talked about when we first tried to record this, uh, David Campbell, you were uh, very pleased to hear about some of the extended the extended member of the Guerrero family. Mr. English.
3: Oh, I, I forgot about that yeah. already. Aiden <laughs> English. Uh, yeah, oh, Aiden. What more can I say about Aiden English? I love Aiden English. I love Rusevdi. I think that uh, they've been great for each other. I don't think that pairing will last too much longer, mm-hmm. uh, to be no, perfectly honest. I no think they're going to be. Lana. No, I don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't. Well, there were developments in this week's SmackDown uh, because obviously Lana was taking on my gal, uh, my one and only Billy Kate. Um, and uh, English came out and was doing the song for Lana and stuff and stuff like that. The, 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 the thing is, I love Aiden English, but he seems to flip between heel and face more times than Big Show has over the years. But Aiden English does it on a week-to-week basis. Sometimes, and sometimes in the space of one song, he slips between heel and baby face. So I don't really know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, I the mean, at right
1: WrestleMania, they switched from um, being Aiden English to Chris Renfrew in the space of a couple. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> yeah. yeah. But you also talked about. Uh, in his life as well. Vicky? Yeah,
3: fantastic. One of the best pure heels of the 21st century in my opinion. Um, this might be a controversial one, I don't know. I think she's a surefire Hall of Famer one day. One of the most entertaining aspects of the WWE product week in, week out for years. The heel authority figure has um, been played out. We've talked about Stephanie McMahon before. At this point it feels stale. Vicky managed to make it feel fresh purely because she, she made you hate her so much every week that you couldn't help but get invested in her storyline and her hopeful downfall um, as well and she was willing to do anything for the product Vicky like on her way out in her last night in Raw she let herself got thrown into a, a pit of mud that was how she went out was in a pit of mud and it couldn't have been more fitting because you could tell she was having the best time of her life when she managed to get her own back in Stephanie McMahon to the massive pop mm. uh, and obviously she returned um, at the Royal Rumble recently Brilliant. the first ever uh, women's Royal Rumble uh, <laughs> and, Historic. Yeah, the historic first ever women's royal Rumble. you could first ever. Yeah, and you could tell how much she was missed. That crowd ate it up completely all, when she came in. just going Yeah, excuse me. Yeah, <laughs> like, like that. <laughs> excuse me, excuse me. Uh and she came in and she was trying to get Michelle McCool on her side at old team ranty. She was like, Michelle, come on, help me out, buddy, but no, she just got absolutely wiped out. Um and what a darling Vicky Guerrero is. And you see you like it and she came back that day. And WWE put an interview on Online It was between Vicky and Sasha Banks Sitting down And they were talking about Sasha's And how Eddie had influenced Sasha uh, And how Vicky was absolutely, And how she was so happy That the memory of Eddie Was living on through Sasha mm. So by all accounts She's a lovely woman um, And has managed to continue On the Garedo legacy um, Long after
0: Eddie's death Yeah so. I mean... The thing about Vicky is uh, I don't think Dolph Ziggler Would have got as popular If it wasn't for her No Because no. Dolph Basically, floundering as a sort of mid card talent, and the heat he got off the back of Vicky Guerrero kind of elevated him higher. Mm. And yeah. we're seeing it now, you know, the likes of Miss Dolph became a face and then didn't have a manager. Mm. He sort of started to filter away, and that's when you start to see actually maybe Dolph needs a bit of help. Maybe we're seeing it at the minute, Dolph's in a double act right now. That Vicky Guerrero thing helped him to no end, that got him to the world title. Mm.
1: Yeah, I mean. I'm talking about the Guerrero family, I mean, they're the two ones that kind of mainly get started, Eddie in particular, but there is other members of the family. I mean, uh, Derek, you maybe remember what Hector
4: Guerrero's role in WWE? What a legend of the game. Yeah, I mean, what's your thoughts on the family, the Guerrero's? F- absolutely fantastic family. Obviously, you've got Chavo Sr. and Jr. as well. Uh, Chavo Jr. getting a... Um, he was tag team champions with Eddie um, as well at one point. I think they're a fantastic, fantastic family. And, you know, it was, it was really... I think in the last um, the last show that we didn't didn't aware, I was sort of a bit critical of Vicky saying it took quite a few people to get over the ropes, but she is she's been amazing for she's an absolutely fantastic character um in the wrestling and I would I would love to see her back. Mm. Oh yeah, she's brilliant, you know. Sometime in the
1: future. And she took some time 'cause she she chose to go away herself, I'm sure, is that i right in saying that.
3: Yeah. Yeah, she was going on to bigger and better things, greener pastures. I think it was just she wanted out of the wrestling business to do something else. Uh, which she deserved by that point to do, to go out on her own terms. Um,
4: um, but I think it was totally what you said, David, um, earlier on about how she was, you know, in last episode of Raw she was still willing to do things. I don't know if you guys remember the song that The Rock done for her? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, God! absolutely amazing. So. <laughs>
0: <I've
4: got her laughs> <laughs> that's See when someone phones Ross, that's, what come, that, that's his song. That's, that comes that's, a, that's his
3: morning alarm to get up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was going to make a joke, but never mind. Uh, but there's
1: also the fact as well. Chavo Senior uh, lost the cruiserweight championship to, to Jacqueline, which is quite his, historic in a way as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> First ever female cruiserweight mm-hmm. champion.
0: Oh, and WWE that. that. <laughs>
1: Yes, Mm -hmm. very true, Ross. I think, uh,
3: like after after 2006, when Chavo turned heel uh, by costing Rey Mysterio the title, he was used very effectively as a sort of mid card heel. Like he was uh, obviously became champion of the revitalized ECW brand, Uh, lost that very very short match to Kane Mm. uh, at WrestleMania. But it was like he was he was used on the ECW brand um, as an effective heel at that point. He was a very good foil for people. I think he had clashes with CM Punk. Yeah. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, obviously went into pump. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he took the belt off a of Punk at that point. Uh, and then obviously went on, had the, the feud with Kane and stuff, for that was a part of La Familia mm-hmm. uh, with Edge and Vicky. Um, I think Chavo was was under, underrated, continues to be underrated by many people as well. Yeah.
1: I hate how he was jobbed out to Hornswoggle week after week in 2010 as well. That was just, that was just an insult uh, yeah. to him.
0: No, the, the biggest insult was that he was the swagger-soaring eagle. Was he? Oh, oh my yep, god, that was him. He's had some
1: oh he's had a rough time. Oh no. <sighs> but, you know, I suppose uh dressing up in bird outfits, I guess, runs in the family. Just take it from his uh, from his yeah, uncle it's Hector. A yeah. So then that, that's a good point to end of the first half of this in the second half we're gonna talk about other families such as the Funks, the Von Eriks, the Knights and Rocks family. Whose name I still can't pronounce. <laughs>
0: And Thank you
1: David You're done something useful Coming up In the break We've got a wee clip here Of Los Guerreros And The Lie Cheating Steel So enjoy and We'll see you in a bit Hello ladies and gentlemen It's a shotgun Q and Kelly And you're listening to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet
4: He's Eddie He's Chavo De Los Guerreros Viva
2: La Raza
4: De Lie Cheating Steel
0: Buenos dias, senora, how are you?
4: Oh, oh, okay.
0: Good, we're here to clean your pool. Oh, I didn't order any pool, boys. Uh, uh, not clean your pool, fix your pool. That's right, senora, see, right.
4: We, we were sent by the organization of Santa Maria de Guadalupe de Santo Niño. Oh.
0: Yes, it's an environmental group that wants to keep the environment oh. safe for kids good. from leaky pools. You wouldn't want your pool leaking and getting all full of water now, would you? No. Right? No, no, you might get wet. Yeah. Are you boys almost done? Is my pool all right? Oh yeah, Grandma. Just a couple more tips. <laughs> yeah, yes, sir. and while we're
3: here,
4: maybe we'll check out the bedrooms too,
0: huh? <laughs> See more this. <laughs> there might be some leaks in there. That's right,
4: huh? Hey, uh, What do you say to a little wager here? Winner takes all.
1: <laughs> you guys got yourself a deal. Take your best shot.
3: I said I will, man. Step back, Colts. Give me two. Cuatro! Good day, sir, and thank you for patronizing our
0: establishment. Hey, just take care of my baby, okay? She's brand new. Oh,
4: don't worry. I treat her like I own her. Hey, hey, Aren't you... You guys are
0: those Mexican wrestlers on TV.
4: Oh, no, no, man. We all look alike, man. Yeah,
3: yeah, Holmes, you know. We're all over the place. That's it. Go enjoy your lunch, man. It's great food here.
4: Great. With a little Latino ingenuity and determination, you too can live la vida loca. Latino heat style. And don't forget, we take plastic tools.
0: Come on. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. Viva la raza!
4: Listen, c- I don't care what the fuck you think you're doing, whatever you think is more important in your life, you honking bag of dick tips, you know what you should be doing you should be going online, you should be subscribing, you should be listening to the back catalogue of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, whatever the f*** you're doing that's what you should be doing, I don't care if it's your mum's birthday I don't care if she's feeling contractions get on it right now Ladies and gentlemen,
1: you're live from Eat, Sleep, Suplex Retweet on Strathclyde. Welcome back to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. I am Stephen Wilson, and I am joined by two Davids, Ross, Derek, and Kwaku, and we are remotely re-recording our greatest wrestling family shows. Guys, welcome back. How are you doing? Yeah, doing good, good, thanks. All good. Fantastic. I'm all out. Nice <laughs> <laughs> oh, some to do the all in. Uh, I hope so... David Campbell's got some clothes on now. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. Find a few getting days. a bit colder. It's getting Got a bit
3: some, colder. Yeah, the sun's getting real low, so I decided <laughs> to get some towels around me. Now I, I look like I'm Greek now, it's more of a
1: toga. If you want to join in the debate, you can follow us on all our social media channels Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram with absolute Right, guys, uh, let's go on to David Hopney's favourite family. Everybody, just sit back and let Dave talk about this for the next 10 minutes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay <laughs> funks, go for it. Alright, so yeah, most notably the Funks, uh, Terry and Dory two hardcore legends of the business as well started out nwa western states under their father's promotion western state sports in amarillo He mm-hmm. uh, and dory funk jr his father was also a dory funk uh, quickly rose up the ranks as tag team and singles competitors and they were facing guys like uh ernie ladd hank james and by the end of the the 70s they became huge names and they've also after that they went through the NWA Championship Wrestling, All Japan Pro Wrestling, and then came to the WWF in the mid-80s. Dave, I love, Dave, I love how you had to clarify that Dory Funk Jr.'s dad was also a Dory Funk. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Give me peace, okay? I I, I not d- the Dory Funk, apparently. <laughs> I don't know, I'll just take that i uh, put that quick point. <laughs> uh, yeah, so,
1: uh, obviously, Terry Funk's... Uh,
4: more recognizable of these these guys. Uh, uh Derek, uh, were you a fan of Terry Punks and he was running down the uh, very much so. I was very, I loved these, um, these sort of feuds with Foley and his death matches he had with Nick Foley Um those one of the matches that they done on Raw um was voted um in the top fifty of the greatest ever Raw matches.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: um the death match that they had I think it was May ninety eight I think it might have been. Um, and it was just a fantastic. That's big fan of Terry. Careers spanning like over fifty years. It's, it's it's incredible. Oh, it's went on for so long. Uh, Ross, how, how, how old is he
0: roughly? I, I don't know, but in my notes I've got here one billion retirements. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we spoke last week about how he's a, a hardcore wrestler in his later years. Mm. But what people don't realise is how good he was. And he's prime, you know. We, we talk about these days about matches. Melts are not rating matches five stars. Terry Funk's got three five star matches to his name. Really? Mm. I, I was looking it up. I've actually I actually looked up two of them. Uh, 1984 with Dory, uh, d Dory whose dad's also called Dory apparently, <laughs> against Bruiser Brody and Stan Hansen. Uh, it's, a, so. it's a it's a cracking old school uh, tag team match. And in 1989 against Ric Flair, although having a five-star classic with Ric Flair in the 80s wasn't nearly an accomplishment because, well, as we know, Rick was one of the best of all time. Mm-hmm. That was
1: an I quit match
0: as well. Thanks for that, Dave. I was getting to that. <laughs> 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 uh, and then in 1981, this is the one I've seen, uh, Jerry the King Lawler. had a five-star match with him, apparently.
1: Jerry
0: King Lawler, the five-star match? Yeah. Cool. Just it's right, Something else as well, like, Talk about, um, like said, Jim Cornette and the OVW class of the early two thousand. Like likes of Brock Lesnar, John Cena, Sherton Bench, and Randy Orton Batista. What about this class from Dory Funk's Funking Conservatory, right? These are, this is just a few names, because they were written about this era. Edge, Christian, Kurt Angle, Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, Lita, Rhino, Keisha, Steve Carino, William Regal, Kurt Angle, I've got Cut Angle twice. <laughs> The Cutangle Jr. I've gotta give him Cut Angle twice, I on a a job with that boy. Yeah. No, but the, the, you think that look at that class, like you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven world champions. Can
1: you describe what left. his school's called again?
0: What is it called? The Funking Conservatory. That would be amazing. It's <laughs> also known as the Also gave in later years it's given what an NXT style platform. you have got mm. uh, TV station in Texas picks it up, and it's an hour long show a week called Bang TV, right. which could be misconstrued, but it will not do a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, chance to wrestle on TV for the first time, I think that's what this generation will really know Dory Funk for because he, when he retired, he really did step away. Yeah, I mean, that was a,
1: some good facts here actually about Dory Funk. He doesn't get the same recognition to a lot of people as Terry because Terry has been about f- Forever, Uh, David Campbell, you had a you had a stat about uh, Terry Funk. He was the oldest ever
3: WCW Hardcore Champion. What about that? How good am I? Uh, But basically, I'm not gonna lie. Before I looked up who the Funk's were, I thought it was Brodus Clay and Albert. No, but but all seriousness, both of them were inducted into the Hall of Fame together uh, by Dusty Rhodes. People have talked about how good Dory was. Wright uh, Flair has described him as a conservative wrestler, uh, but a master technician, uh, saying that when you got in the ring with them, you, know it, you knew it was going to hurt, but you knew it would also be a good match. In fact, I watched their Hall of Fame induction video, and I just wanted to read it out to you because I think it's probably one of the best WWE written lines of all time. Uh, so let me set the scene here. It's like: in, a, in the world of sports entertainment, there have been icons, there have been legends. And there have been funks. and that's it that's where they leave it and i'm just like it, it, it makes it makes zero sense i don't know what they're going for it's the laziest thing i've ever seen written but good on them as we've talked about they have multiple uh, championship uh, accomplishments to their name dory first claimed the nwe title on february the 11th in 1969 uh, terry defeated jack briscoe six years later in 1975 to claim the same title for the first time so there's a long lineage when it comes to the funks, especially terry making his most recent appearance in wwe tv handing over his famous chainsaw to demon ambrose uh, to not use in the match against Bob <laughs> so i
1: ah, because finn balor stole it at the nxt takeover that year isn't yeah the- yeah I mean, the introduction of the, for anyone who doesn't know, David is a director. That is why he was so dramatic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I don't do
3: Andy. I will leave that up to Andy Mitchell to do the acting. I won't do it ever again. Yeah, that's uh, me. I have retired in the same way Terry Funk has retired from acting. I'm, I'm not back next week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I love these, I love these scenes with Norman Smiley. Norman Smiley, that was amazing. Screaming Norman Smiley, absolutely great. But he's, he's a WrestleMania team tag match with the belly gun. We'll <laughs> talk and Cactus Jack, great match, absolutely brilliant one,
0: the highlight of that WrestleMania in my opinion. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it's not the first time Billy Gunn would steal the show on a (laughs) pay-per-view. One last thing about Dory, sorry I meant to say, Uh, he's also credited with the inventor at the Texas Leaf. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. He's also a two-time PWI Match of the Year winner with Harley Race in 73 and Jack Briscoe in 74. Mm -hmm. Interesting. That's a good fact there.
1: Okay, moving on to the next family. We're going to talk about a family who is, um, I think it's fair to say, associated with a lot of tragedy. Uh, We're going to talk about um, the Von Erich family. Uh,
4: Derek, can you tell the listeners a bit about the the Von Erichs them? they're not familiar with them? Yeah, um, Von Erich's wrestling family started with uh, Fritz Von Erich the father who had um, five sons, Um, absolutely tragic. Some of the sons were absolutely fantastic. All of them were fantastic. Um, Some of the sons were fantastic wrestlers as well. A few of the sons, three of them um, died of suicide. Um, Mick uh, um, took an overdose. Chris and Kerry both shot themselves. Mm. Um, David Von Eric died in a hotel room in Tokyo and Jack Jr. drowned in a puddle at a very young age after being shot on a, an electric wire. I think most people will probably know um, Kerry Von Eric who was the Texas Tornado in the WWF, mm-hmm. um, former Intercontinental Champion. I sort of started watching WWF when Kerry Von Erich was sort of coming. He was uh, um, Intercontinental and it was like him, Bret Hart, Mr. Perfect were all coming through and sort of challenging for the belt at that point. Sort of early nineties, and he was—he was an absolutely fantastic wrestler. Um, Some of the moves he done, he was—you know—he was—it was—it's just such a horrible, horrible um, situation which has happened to this wrestling dynasty, almost. Yeah, I
0: mean it's
1: it's crazy to think. I mean, obviously, it was about only one of the brothers is now alive now, which is crazy. Most, and the father Mm -hmm. outlived them pretty much all—all the ones that passed away, which is crazy to think of. yeah. It, also, what made was called actually, and was, uh, sorry. A, was an illustrious company was involved in, as you say, that, like the Mr. Perfect. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Dave, are you going to say something now? Yeah, I was going to say Kerry's daughter as well, Lacey Von Eric, for all you TNA fans out there. Uh, former TNA Knockouts Tag Team Champion, she was part of TNA between 2007 2010, but after that she retired. So Thank God. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> sorry,
0: Literally, she was not me. For, for, for coming up from such a but, dynasty, uh, she. is I, I know. Awful. Yeah, like I've. I've Criticisms in Natalia in the past for not being the best actress. She can go between those ropes. Who taught like Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. I think
4: um, when we done see when we done the actual show, um, David Campbell made a pretty good point about the um, about the von Eris, particularly Kerry, when he was um, about mental health and stuff like that. Dave, do you want to have a wee chat about that?
3: Yeah, basically, I was saying um, there's a lot. Obviously, we've heard of the tragedy uh, that was struck the family. Uh, but all of it did have to do with the the mental health of the family. Uh, Kerry was reported to St. to Bret Hart before he committed suicide. That his brothers were calling him uh, and speaking to him and tell him to come with them. Uh, so I think it's a story we should all look back on, especially when we we're talking about male mental health and mental health in general. That uh, we do need to talk to people when we do need to take care of ourselves when it comes to mental health. Uh, because of the Agreed. story um, of the Von Eriks is an absolute tragedy. Yeah, so, I
1: mean, it's kind of. There's a, a myth, it's like the Von Erich curse people say about just because of how all the kind of events, because, of, because the deaths were tragic, it wasn't just like natural, I don't mean it there them were natural causes, it was all... Uh, Fritz had, uh, had lung cancer, I think, and uh, that's how he died. Yeah, and then suicide, and most other ones, uh, but look yeah. at the wrestling side of things, uh, Ross, uh, the Von Erichs and the, the Freebirds, if you're talking about stable feuds, this was one yeah. of the greatest of all time.
0: Yeah, they they basically ran... Uh, world-class champions of wrestling which was the precursor of WCW. It was the Texas branch of the NWA, and the Von Eriks were that was run by Fritz. The Von Eriks were the big face and Buddy Roberts, Michael Hayes and Terry Gordy, the Freebirds, were the dastardly heels. These people caused riots in arenas. When the Freebirds won, fans would tear the arena up and when <laughs> when the Von Eriks won, people would storm the ring to celebrate. With them. Wrestling's golden age. Yeah, if
1: you think Roman Reigns' heat was
0: bad, there's nothing on this. No, there's nothing on the
1: freeboard.
0: Actually, a Wrestling Observers, their July 4th match, an Anything Goes match, Kevin, Kerry, and Mike against Buddy Roberts, Mike Waze, and Terry Gordy, July 4th. Anything Goes, it was a Wrestling Observer mm-hmm. matches in the year for 1984. Mm-hmm. he was also at the Parade of Champions, which was the big, the big the CCW show. He had a match with Ric Flair in 1984, again, another match of the year contender for Ric Flair in the 80s. Mm. Uh, Kerry again, another match of the year contender. Yeah,
1: they were great, they were great wrestlers. I mean, obviously
0: the Kerry Von Erick is someone that's best known. He's be the one that was in WWE. Yeah, he's also a, a former NWA champion in the upcoming years. Mm. But we were talking about that, like baby. The mental health aspect. It all started in 1986, for basically. He had a... Uh, a horrifying accident, he crashed his motorcycle and through obviously breaking his leg and then he re-broke it, try to walk on it too soon uh, they amputated his leg, he wrestled for well, another four years with a prosthetic limb Really? I think so It was. Yeah, uh, there it was, it was a lot of going on that he, he was relying on painkillers more and more and more he felt self-conscious, he was showering with his boots on but the likes of Roddy Piper and Bret Hart rubbish that Said if he felt comfortable with you, he would sit with the prosthetic off because he knew you were his friend. Right. It was only people who maybe, maybe freaked him out by, right? you know, if they didn't know he had a prosthetic limb by just whipping his leg off. It was making like, i mean, just, like, shock people. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. if somebody does, it, you're not no going to make fun of them. Just does take you by surprise. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, yeah. David Hockney, in have you got anything else on the morning yeah. other than the fact
1: that? You know about lacing? <laughs> Uh yeah don't ask uh, no i think i've just got to reiterate the fact about the the, the whole mental health aspect as well because you know it, but i suppose back in the sort of the golden age and stuff and in the 90s there it gets a lot of stigma but yeah I, I, all i can really say is you just got to reiterate the fact that you know you got to be more open with about these sorts of things and i just hope you know no similar tragedy can really occur like, because Kerry Von Eric not only was he Texas Tornado, he was also a modern-day warrior. That's right. And I think, you know, that modern-day warrior, sort of, you know, people can just see it as a moniker, but I think if you sort of keep that sort of mindset, you know, be more open with mental health, I think it's a, it could uh, bring a lot of benefits and promote a good message. Oh, no, totally. now in the Hall of Fame as well then, so. Yeah. Adver- adopted by Michael P.S. Hayes as yeah. well. Um, Also, Kevin Kevin still
3: survives Uh, I think he was the eldest brother if I'm not mistaken Uh, In his early years he was uh, famous for wrestling uh, without shoes on barefoot um, which apparently stemmed from the fact he went to go and wrestle his first match and uh, the boys in the back had stolen his boots so he just went out there barefooted and that's how it became a recurring thing from that
0: point I think so. Yeah, uh, sorry just something else, it was a move I credited to Kevin last week he used it, but it was actually his dad that invented it—the Iron Claw. Right. And this—you like, think about what Daniel Bryan just locked when he locks that in—the pop the crowd get because they know the match is over. Fritz in the Iron Claw—it's simply just like a Cali Vice Grip. This was back in the days of simpler wrestling. You know, this was more. This move—when you watch back some of these matches—the crowd go mental when this move gets put in. Mm-hmm. It's simply just a hand on the face, but they set the wrestlers sell it like they been shot. It's an absolutely sight to see. And also Kevin's sons, uh, Marshall and Ross, they are continuing the legacy of the day. They've started wrestling for the likes House of Hardcore mm-hmm. and they're wrestling for NWA Texas and other Texas under promotions. That's... So hopefully, like, in years to come, if they make a pick, you know, the Von Eric legacy will be Marshall and Ross and not just the, the stigma of the mental health and the fact that five of the sons preceded the father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally, I, I perfectly agree. I think you're right on that one.
1: Hopefully it does continue in on that one. Okay, moving on now to the next family we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about one who one of the more popular families I think in wrestling, definitely in recent years. We're going to talk on the Rhodes family again. Another fantastic family, especially with it the, they got a lot of press now with the All In stuff. Uh, speaking of All In, David Hockney. Uh, <laughs> uh, tell yeah. us the Rhodes family. Obviously, I think the most noticeable one is the American Dream himself, Dusty Rhodes, the the son of a plumber, uh who's most recognizable for his colorful polka dot attire in the WWF, but also a very accomplished wrestler with the NWA, Jim Crockett promotions as well. But I think a lot of people sort of knew that Dusty was a very accomplished uh, performer, but Vince sort of wanted to dress him up in polka dots and made him look like a fool. No, Vince, so Vince he decided Vince, obviously because he was a competitor in the NWA type thing, I think he was just like, yeah, you know, stick it to him a wee bit. Uh, stick it to the, the competition yeah. as it were. But Dusty made it work and he just became beloved by the fans. And he's obviously succeeded by by his two sons, Dustin Rhodes, who you know is Gold Dust, and his other son Cody, who's just uh, yeah, just he just goes by Cody and is uh, performing in the Indies through Ring of Honor. he Just goes by Cody. What? You prefer to be have Cody, Cody Rhodes? Reynolds.
0: Cody Rhodes is not yeah. Runnels, Okay. He's actually he's actually came out and spoke about this. Right. He he said, "I I never knew Virgil Runnels. It, my father was Dusty Rhodes." I'm not Cody Ronalds, I'm Cody Goddamn Rhodes. That was a promo he gave after a WCPW event. Mm, interesting,
4: interesting. It's good. To, that's, that's interesting. Uh, me, me and Gary, obviously when I'm younger, watching it. Um, Rhodes had his his manager, the sweet sweet Sapphire. Yes. Who was he? And it was um, during SummerSlam, Sapphire went um, turned his back on and went to Ted DiBiase, went to the Million Dollar Man. And I remember there's this backstage bit where. Um, Dusty running through the, running through the locker room, asking people, "Have you seen, have Saf- you seen my sweet Safa? Have you seen my sweet Safa?" And he walks up to Jim Duggan, and he goes, "Hey, Hacksaw, have you seen my sweet Safa?" And Hacksaw did his best Scooby-Doo impression. He's he going, "Nope." And then he just keeps running away. And <laughs> I had tears in my eyes. And every time I, I still watch it today, and I still every time I see it, it still makes me laugh. <laughs> uh, just Jim Duggan doing his whole, um, nope. <laughs> Aye Scooby Doo impression I
1: mean Amazing
4: uh, But yeah You talk about obviously
1: Dusty Rose is amazing I mean uh, But obviously his, his, his sons are well known And uh, Goldust Obviously The oldest of his sons uh, What could not be said about Goldust One of the most interesting characters in wrestling I think it's fair to say
4: Very interesting And he's had a um, When you think about it He's had a, a Long standing career as well Obviously Been out, in and out At uh, WWF a few times as well But he's been a Fantastic um you know, um, member of the WWE for a number of years now. Very um, when, when he first started, you know, um, he had an absolutely, um, you know, just how weird and eccentric he was. It was something different that um, the WWE hadn't seen before, um, and it was like a, it was like a breath of fresh air. I think that he, 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 he brought to the company. Yeah,
1: totally. Uh, he seems like a type of uh, wrestler. You'd be quite a fan of David Campbell.
4: Oh, I have a,
3: of well, he is a fellow director, so, you yeah, know, we, exactly. have, we have that in common. I, I love Goldust, I think the character yeah. was way ahead of its time. Um, obviously, when he got to, I think, 2005, 2006, when he was uh, released from the company, uh, you could tell that his health wasn't the best. Like, he was losing a step in the ring. He was in a nowhere tag team with Snitsky, I believe, at one point. Uh, but when he came back, uh, I believe it was an episode of Raw to wrestle Randy Orton, to try and save Cody's job this you can tell this is the gold dust of all. this is Dustin uh, Rhodes at his peak um, he's, this second run he's had with the company that he's in the, still in the midst of now has been absolutely tremendous
1: particularly his tag team with his brother Cody yeah you talk about that but that match he had when he came back him and Cody versus The Shield is one of my yeah. favourite matches of all time yeah that was such a good match an amazing tag match I loved the bit where uh, Dusty does the bionic elbow to the Ambrose. Ambrose was genuinely terrified when he whipped the belt out.
4: Amazing. Love that watch. Uh, but uh, oh. Just having a look, Goldust has been in the WWE for nearly 30 years. Wow. He made his debut in September the 21st, 1990. Right. 28 years he's been off and on, he's been in yeah.
3: the it's WWE. Oh, yeah, i actually say the first time I remember seeing Dustin Rhodes compete, um, I turned on, uh, I think it was Spike TV in my uncle's house to watch TNA in about 2005-2006 and there was this character called Black Rain oh, uh, man, oh, on the TV. So it was terrible but I remember when I was younger being genuinely terrified of this man. Like <laughs> like the face paint and the black and he had, a, he had a weapon that could basically kill you if you hit him with it. I can't remember what the weapon looked like but it was like a, a black stick and it had like a metal spike at the end of it. Like, and I'm just like, this, is, this isn't this is wrestling, he's trying to attempt to maim this individual, he's trying to kill him. And I was like, oh jeez, but that was the first time I've ever seen uh, Dustin Rhodes' Goldust competing TV was his Black Wayne, so,
1: yeah. it weirdly looked like Uncle Fester from the Sandler. Family. Yeah, yeah, kind
3: of.
0: was terrible. else about, uh, Goldust, I liken him to the likes of uh, like a Mark Henry Kane they've they've had long careers with WWE WWE, and they're like up and down careers like because obviously there has been downs you seem to forget how old they are at certain points like once on pay-per-view retained the IC title against Undertaker in a casket match like imagine saying that sentence to somebody in 2018 oh by the way Goldust is going to go over in a title match against Undertaker (laughs) (laughs) like crazy we were talking about uh, Dusty before something else as well that we talked about Dory Funk's legacy being for the new generation being the people he's trained the the War Games concept was Dusty Roads. the Halloween Havoc concept Dusty Rhodes NXT he had a massive part in that you hear yep. every single person like you hear Kevin Owens saying that his push was through the luck of meeting Dusty yeah. they were on a flight back to Florida together they sat together on the flight he said to, he spoke to Kevin Owens just like about family and stuff, and he's like, "Well, I want my son starting school early. You know, I don't want him missing out in school. and Get my daughter settled, blah blah blah." And he just went, "That's when the prizefighter, a fight for my family gimmick came to life." Kevin Owens, uh, Dusty went, "That should be your gimmick." He went, "Well, they're going to make me a heel." He goes, "That's fine." He went, "A man fighting for his family doesn't care what anybody else thinks." Yeah, and he the likes of Bailey and. Page and Sasha and Charlotte saying about he how he, he knew the times were changing along with Triple H. He knew women were coming more into like, popular media and standing on their own. It wasn't women with man now. It was like the women's division could survive on its own and he was a massive part of that.
3: Yeah, definitely. Even if you like, there was an episode of Total Divas at the time when he died um, and it showed you the reactions of Natalia Naomi and Paige and... Dusty's death, and they were absolutely devastated because it's what you said. Uh, these women, this current crop of uh, female superstars you got in the WWE, um, were massively influenced by Dusty Rhodes and the tutelage that he gave him. Um, so his influence like, has spanned like, generations upon generations, um, especially in his fitting that he should have the uh, the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic dedicated to him and de- NXT at this point as well.
1: Yeah. Funnily enough, the, uh, the classic... Uh, wasn't featured in 2017 it was a bit of a, an odd odd timeline it's run because it it was first won in october 2015 that was finn balor and samoa joe then the following year in november which was obviously a pain but it didn't crop up again until april of 2018 so there was about a a six-month gap between when it should, should have happened and when the most recent one happened with undisputed era winning it so i think that was, i mean I think that was the, fact that the cruiserweight classic yeah, Which, I think they just sort of jammed
0: too much in one go. Yeah, like it started on NXT TV in September, just as the Classic was ending. People were sort of tired of tournaments, you had the Mae Young Classic last summer. You had the UK Tournament in January, and I think they just thought, right, the Dusty Rhodes Classic is going to get lost in the shuffle. Plus, the NXT Tag Division at that point was kind of a rebuilding stage. Mm-hmm. And I think they just thought, you know what, we'll wait, we'll hold off, because it was something Dusty always did, ain't it? never half-assed anything like war games his years where it's like 91 there's nothing in 92 because there wasn't a feud for it it's not like hell in a cell now where it's like oh well we're having a pay-per-view uh i tell you what can you attack him just so it looks like we've got a feud here it's not like that like they waited a year until there was a hot enough feud they did a slow build that, that was something dusty always did in the days of the territories and you know when there wasn't as many pay-per-views he was a slow build master and i think it's more fitting to if you don't just shoot on it and like an Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal
1: sort of thing. So don't have it just. So basically, what you're saying is, don't have it just because it's that time of year. Have it when you've got a hot feud to work with. Yeah, exactly. Ah, uh, you know what? I think if I think if the main roster adopted that concept a bit more, I yeah. think we'd get a much much more interesting. That's, team that's why war games works really well because you have yeah three teams,
2: three feuds, uh, uh, three uh, three great ups to it and one epic match to finish it all it worked yeah and it's a point that's been made on the podcast before you don't build a feud around a match you build
0: a match around a feud yeah, yeah. I think the best so the best example of that in the main roster in recent years is Brock Lesnar against CM Punk when Punk was trying to get to Heyman you had the big money match the final boss fight with Brock Lesnar yeah. he lost and then he went on to fight Curtis Axel and Ryback, who were sort of floundering at the time. Like, the likes of Dusty Rhodes and that, if they were putting that, it'd be like, right, you're not getting him, you know, you'll get his new guy, you'll get Curtis Axel. Or you just banter him easily. What about Ryback? He's got heat with you. He's got a reason to hate you. The evil Paul Heymans, you know, exploited that. And then it would have been sort of, well, everyone's left Heyman. He's going to have to call in the beast that you want to fight. That's that's the sort of thing Dusty Rhodes would do. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so we've talked about the obviously the elder brother and the father, let's quickly talk about Cody and all in. Do you think that's going to be a big massive event? I think now with Nick Aldis, a oh, uh, title on the line as well, I think that's definitely going all in that's, with that, the Ring that, of Honor Championship as well. It you, that's the thing that got you on board, that the ex-Magnus is on there. The ex-Gladiator, that's
2: the big old... <laughs> well, the thing about that match it maybe it uh, looks like it'll be title for title, as yes. a message has been put out that it will only happen. If Cody wins the uh, Ring of Honor Championship off Dalton Castle, mm-hmm. so um, with the big uh, with the big spectacle that's being planned for all in, I mean the event did sell out in under half an hour, which is just incredible. Uh, WWE can only dream of numbers like of numbers like that. It's, they've actually got to go all in on this one, as the name speaks. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. we. We've got an all in show coming up in a couple of months, so we're going to talk about that preview in a bit, in a bit of detail then. So, mm-hmm. we'll obviously, talk a bit more about Cody then. Uh, but obviously, uh, moving away quickly now from the Rhodes family, um, we're going to now talk about a final family, which is the one whose name I still cannot pronounce
0: Anoahi. I know Anoahi. I know, know I Cousins of the Rock. <laughs> and Roman Reigns. Rock family. <laughs> right, boss,
1: you're the perfect person to start about this. Talk about. <sighs> but don't talk about the Rock. I love them so don't much. talk
0: about the for Lads, you might want to go say goodnight to your loved ones, I'm going to be here <laughs> <laughs> No, I think the most, as much as I love him, I don't think Emily can deny the biggest star of that family, is The Rock. Yeah. He, he is a guy who, when Steve Austin at the peak of his powers in 99, like, get taken out, and then obviously the top heel Undertaker in 99 was also injured, he's a guy, along with Triple H, in 2000, that basically saw their opportunity, grabbed it, and I don't think you've seen someone step in for a big star because there's always lull periods between big stars. You know, there was a lull period between Hogan and Brett and Sean, there was a lull period between Sean and Austin mm. where WCW was beating them in the ratings. This was instantaneous, and this led to you know The Rock possibly becoming the most popular and certainly most liked actor in the world. It, at this point in time, yeah,
1: I mean, I totally mean, Rock is obviously the big star, but if you look at the names in the family, uh, David, uh, Hawk, uh, some of the names yeah. in the family, I mean, a who's who are people, in there Yeah, I mean, you've got Sika and Afa, the Wild Samoans, they're a part of that family. You've also got uh, Three Minute Warning, Matt and uh, Matt and Eddie, also known as Rosie and Jamal or Umaga as, as people sort of more recently Umanga. know. You've got the Y- you Manga, as Regal calls them. You've got the Usos as well. Sons of Salofa, or Rikishi. And of course you've got the Big Dog! <laughs> <Roman> <laughs>
0: there as well. I thought was going to say Alan. We had a meeting, we had a meeting about this. You said you'd stopped in. Sorry. <laughs> well, uh, when did fu- The five minutes you get disconnected, <laughs> No. You,
1: you know what? Uh, actually, you know what's actually quite interesting about the, this Anawahi family? It's um. Amatuana Anawahi and Peter Mayavia, they weren't actually like biological brothers. They were in fact blood brothers. Mm, interesting, and that, and that's what created the the join between the Rock side of the family and the which were the Maiavias, and the Anawahis. Mm. Yeah, it's an it's which an interesting. Is where all these yeah. all these Simone wrestlers come from? Yeah, it's an interesting fact. I mean, the uh, the one that Derek uh, Yokozuna's the one that people obviously forgets in that family.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah and uh, people obviously forget with his name that he is actually an Sim- American Samoan and not a sumo wrestler yeah the man that they wanted to get for the Greatest mm. Royal Rumble he was requested
0: the Greatest Royal Rumble you aren't Yokozuna he's dead could they not just put, Ro- could they not just put Roman Reigns in the fast don't? <laughs> <laughs> and
1: when
4: when the WWE uh, introduced Yokozuna um, into the into the ring, it was something very different than what we were used to. Um, you know, used to these big, muscular guys, and this huge, massive guy just sort of walked out to the ring. And let's not forget, he was actually he was actually a, he was a good wrestler as well. Um, you know, he was a two-time heavyweight champion. Um, and also a tag team champion as well with we, we, um, yeah. the late great Owen Hart also, he is a, well. also a
0: Royal Rumble winner He is a yes, Royal Three a Hall, Rumble as well is a
4: Hall of Famer with a tag part, there's Owen Hart's
1: tag yeah. as well as Coco
4: Beware
0: Leave Coco alone, I'm sure he's a lovely <laughs> fit
4: <fan. laughs> I mean when you think about um, Yokozuna as well, he defeated, um, he defeated Brett for the belt and he also defeated Hulk Hogan as mm-hmm. well um, To well, two of the two of the biggest names in the in the WWE as well, um, you know, just a you know, fantastic um, and something very very different um, from what we were used to yeah, when, he, mean, when yeah, he came in.
1: I, you look, I look at some of the names in the family, and I pretty much think uh, uh, David Campbell, one of the most underrated guys on that. Rikishi, Rikishi, yes, a fantastic.
3: Um, mm-hmm. I have to say, like one of my friends from school. Uh, didn't know wrestling but he knew the stink face. Uh, so that just that just shows the cultural <laughs> impact that Rikishi had uh back in the day. No, Rikishi uh very popular superstar flirted with the main event scene obviously. Um oh we as we know he did it for The Rock. Uh he did it for the people. Yeah, did it for the Rock, did it for the people, run down Stone Cold Steve Austin, which probably wasn't the best way to use him at the time, uh, turning, him, uh, turning him heel at that point, I believe. But there is no denying uh, how popular Rikishi was and how and how well he... He's probably the best person to do the
1: dancing gimmick uh, mm-hmm. in WWE history. Oh, awesome. ama- he's ama- amazing. Absolutely brilliant. Tukul I mean, I- and
2: Rikishi were really one of my favourite tag teams at that time. I just loved them and It's just the whole thing with the sunglasses being put on the most stiff people ever, and simply changes them into these dancing machines that, you've,
1: that you that see down in the club. <laughs> oh, they were they were so good. But Quacka, you're obviously a fan of his sons. Uh, yes. Day. Usos. David yes. Day David you. say one ish. Thank you. Day David would say. Uh, no. <laughs> Yeah, but they're they fantastic tag team as well. It's a great legacy on them. You've got the two, and as much of the criticism you get, you do have you've got Roman Reigns as well. It's a it's, a, it's still a strong line. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Ross, do you want to talk about the big dog?
0: <laughs> no, I'm all right. No, I, I, <laughs> I feel I feel sorry for him. I, I really do. He's not a bad wrestler at all. Like put this way in 2017. He uh, it was somebody that put a start up the other day in 2017. He had four, no, six, sorry, four-star matches, which, you know, it, I think more than more said, maybe if they took place in Japan, maybe Dave would have given him a fifth one. <laughs> but, you know, you look at, he's he's run on pay-per-view in 2017, bar a match with The Undertaker, which, let's be honest, if a match is bad with Undertaker, it's The Undertaker's fault at this point. He's, he's obviously getting up there in years. He didn't have a bad match in pay-per-view. He cracked matches with yeah. Ron Strowman had cracking matches with uh, Samoa Joe and Roy, he had cracking matches against the New Day. He against
1: had, Seth Rollins.
0: Seth Rollins as well, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but Sorry, he, um, before we move on for Roman Reigns, I know David's what to say as well. Somebody else we missed out, Nia Jax, current Raw Women's Champion.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. she's on the, I think she's more on the Rock side, so more of the My side. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, she is. Not yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. David, there you go.
3: No, it's just to ask what are they doing with Nia Jax right now? Because she like um, a, turned heel, at, she turned heel with
1: a big feud with Ronda.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, just this time last week, we were discussing it, and the whole bullying Angle and Nia Jax being a baby face, I was really buying into. Yeah. I could believe it as a baby so, face. I just think it's completely short sighted booking to turn her heel at this point yeah. to go against Ronda. I
1: mean, spoiler. Alert, what yeah. She, what she did was Ronda was in commentary, and she pretty much was, them, using the girl in the ring just to see how she kind of runs his move, so she was kind of bullying the lassie in the ring, mm-hmm. which made no sense because of what happened with Alexa. Mm-hmm.
2: But the way they uh, should, people. the way they should book that match was like the kind of respectful way that they initially started with AJ and Nakamura, especially the way she was called out, like that it had those overtones to it of "I respect you, but I want to fight you" kind of thing. And they've just gone off on a weird tangent really. Yeah,
4: yeah.
1: I mean I mean again looking for some of the guys in the family. I think uh, one of the guys in the family was um, one half of the greatest tag teams ever exist, uh, Hurricane and Rosie. <laughs> yes, that was Matt. <laughs> David, what was his name? Matt Matt Anawatch's no, name what was he, what was his nickname for the hurricane? Oh, uh superhero in yes. training. Don't abbreviate That's it what though. David did that's what David was to do. <laughs> 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 uh, anyone? Yeah, I'm not even, even going to answer that. That's just that's just cruel and unnecessary. Ah, yes. <laughs> oh, uh, anyone else get more uh, any more views on the Iowani family? Yes, your manga. Your manga yes. is
3: fantastic. I love
4: them.
3: Uh-huh. Oh. Uh, let me take you back to 2006. Uh, as we learned last week, Leonel Lucid won the X Factor. Not a- Alexander Buck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I believe Tony Blair was still Prime Minister. Uh, and a young David Campbell uh, just started watching the WWE. And I remember turning on the TV and there's this massive man uh, beating up an old man. He's beating up an old person and Ric Flair's lying in the corner. And he just runs at him and puts his whole buttocks in his face and springs back and it was horrific it was something out of a horror movie for me at that time uh, and from that moment on I've been a, a Umaga Uma- I need to start saying the name properly again uh, Umaga, I've been an Umaga fan ever since I think he had a great match great matches against John Cena for the WWE title um, obviously he was one of the earliest people to go up against the Trump regime at Wrestlemania 23 <laughs> <laughs> um, so it really is in hindsight uh, he's a man of the people you know you he's a people's champion see-,
1: see, see in hindsight you think that's why Bobby Lashley isn't over <laughs> Probably <laughs> when you think about it. Quackers, we can...
2: Yeah, can I ask? Uh, you may be able to pronounce the name of Laga, David, but can you pronounce his manager? Almando. Oh. Almando.
3: Ale- Alejandro. Alejandro Estrada.
2: Yes. <laughs> well, I did say David Campbell, but David Hockney usually has to jump in as well.
3: So. <laughs> David Hockney did it much better than I
0: ever could have. So, Almando I Alejandro Estrada. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was actually well done David well done. David Campbell, when you were telling that when you were telling that story about first not seeing uh, Umaga You really did make history come alive, it truly was beautiful <laughs> I felt like I was in 2006 <laughs> <laughs> I remember 2006, a
1: simpler time Yeah,
0: yeah, much simpler yeah, time
1: Patrol were still in
3: the charts back then
1: Good <laughs> <things>. <laughs> For Christ's sake <laughs> uh, Yeah, so, any more thoughts on, the, on them and the family?
0: The Rock is the greatest oh, thing ever go. to come into my life and I love him so much and that's all I've got to say on that subject. Veronica knows. <laughs> Ross, Ross son you're 25, do you think you'll maybe take down that Rock poster? Imagine, no. Can no. just
2: imagine Ross's wedding vows. You're the most important person in my life apart from The Rock.
4: You make my the life
1: electrifying. <laughs>
0: Oh, please, oh, that's my fault. Can we move on, please?
1: <laughs> know your role and shut your mouth. <laughs> that's
2: all. <what I> <laughs> <laughs> Honeymoon in the SmackDown Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> right, we move on now. All right, we're getting He's that. having a crisis. Can we move on, please? Can <laughs> <Should> you smell? Please. I'll mention
1: it before someone mentions it. Pie, move on. I've had all the rest, of the families and. In- America there but we've also got some a couple, one in Scotland as well who are going to be having a big match with the ABC and uh, the Coffee Brothers uh, Derek's favourite family come on Mark <laughs> 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 yeah, but we've, but we've also got a superluxury you've got families in there as well uh, one of them Veronica is then um, assembled this family and the McLeods Ross, you the, uh, we know you're not the favourite of the panel
0: yeah. <laughs> no no, that, that used to be my thing. See when I was young this tends to when I was younger. Scott was a smashing grade A student and a lovely boy, and I was well, as you probably guessed from hanging about with me, an arse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that used No to... really you know, me thing. Like he's obviously the favourite. Ross, you're the one that done the thing we're getting you in trouble for here. Why are you bringing Scott into it? Mm. Basically why they went under the so you, can, so you can avoid trouble. You still do that today.
1: No. Stop
0: putting me in the house. <laughs> He's sober. <laughs> I, I look Scott out of the house. See when he annoys me? I got that to him. It's a favour. I'm going to tidy up the house in here. You take the bins down. He takes the bins down. I walk. Yeah. Scott. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, the two of
1: are both big wrestling fans, so it obviously works
0: well. Obviously, that one as well. That one. That's something else as well. He's the film and media student, and he always brings up everything. All the shows he's recommended to people, and I always go, ah, I recommended wrestling to you, Trump. That's just that. <laughs> <us. laughs> yeah,
1: but we've also got uh, another one on there tr- on as well, and it's uh, Stevenson. We might, I might confuse some of you, that is, but that's the, the one that myself and Derek
4: are part of, which is two generations. It sure is. To <laughs> yes, it sure is, Bill. It could be. There's obviously me and Gary who are brothers and Stephen you're our younger cousin and we could also have um, my niece and Gary's daughter Lucy doing the the all girls one during the mm-hmm. week as well which would be fantastic <laughs> yeah yeah as well um, Stephen is um, obviously our younger cousin and Gary was Gary's older one of the two of us um, I would always say that Gary was more the the Million Dollar Man you know, <laughs> would wouldn't, wouldn't dish out anything, um, and um, I was sort of Virgil for a while before I snapped and it became bigger than him and beat him up. <laughs> um, Fair enough. And Stevens always been our, um, Stevens always been our uh, Miss Elizabeth. <laughs> 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 I, I have never heard him
1: say that. I hope you never will again <laughs> 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 That was always the guy who throws through the bun and put on it on the couch The double chokeslam I felt like was it. Scotty too Hottie in the middle Well we did, we did have those, those I years ahead of you Scotty too Hottie in the Royal Rumble when Undertaker and
0: Kane were in the ring <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll let you in another, another wee uh, McLeod story When I was 10 we got a trampoline oh, And I was tall for my age and Scott, before he took his stretch in his later years, was small for his age. That poor boy got launched about that trampoline. <laughs> can I be Kane? I don't think so, Scott. <laughs> You're 4 foot nothing, I'm 6 foot tall at 10, 10 year old. No, I'm Kane. I'm the big show here. You can be Scotty, yeah. But they're,
1: but they're, they're the mayor ones, but we've also got some other ones. Uh, Quacko, you'd take your
2: brother to some shows as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. He, he, he loves... Uh, he loves a square goal, not just at the park on a Friday night, but the actual ICW square goal.
1: <laughs> yeah. uh,
2: so uh, I always come with him onto that show and he loves it. Right, uh,
1: David and David, have you got much wrestling in the family? No, nah, I'm I'm a Heath Slater here. I'm basically a one man man. you going to see a family. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: Well, I don't have kids, yeah. but hopefully I'll teach them someday about the yeah. this glorious lifestyle we've become so accustomed to. with David, Yeah. No, mm-hmm. I
3: got my youngest sister into wrestling, took her to a lot of uh, live events the Hydro and stuff, and took her to the the televised Smackdown that happened at the Hydro, uh, I think it was last year a few years ago now. David, uh, you but, also
1: told us in a past show about your uh,
3: your grandfather. Oh, God rest his soul. Yeah, yeah, he used to record it for me back in the day, uh, all the videotapes and stuff like that. He um, really didn't know what was going on with it, he's watched a number of segments, really didn't have a clue, some he probably shouldn't watch. We talked about the, the Edge Life sex celebration uh, <laughs> oh uh, the last time, but to be fair to him, there was a time he actually stayed up to record uh, a Judgment Day pay-per-view for me, all the way through to make sure it would actually uh, record properly, uh, so he was a good guy, and really, a really good guy, helped oh, me. Awesome. Uh, you know, get into wrestling in those early years because we didn't have Sky Sports, so there was no other way for me to watch it. Uh, yeah, so that he—that was God So he was a good guy. Mm. Yeah,
1: brilliant. Right. So that has been Actually, our chat on rest, on wrestling families. Yeah, we have managed to get it recorded, which is a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> I just Woo-hoo!
3: want to say that last episode was the best podcast of all time. Prove me wrong. So that's lost lost with the ear. (laughs) No one else will ever hear it.
1: (laughs) Right, so coming up to the superplex, we have got a lot of shows coming up throughout the summer. Next week, we've got the show which we've called anything that Stephanie McMahon describes Women's Bratport Royal Rumbles as. I'm not going to say it because I don't want to get in trouble. Historic! First ever! Anthony McMahon will be there to judge the quiz. See, I, sto- I, I stopped
0: doing that and Yuzo started it again, so you know, historic. she can't really to me it. for them now. It's you
1: historic! We're not it. And then last week's show, Jamie did it. So we're allowed to do it. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's coming up pretty much out the same day as this one. Clacking for So yep. yeah, that'll be a quiz. It should be fun. Uh, the All Woman Show. It's going to be a good, good listen to it. We've also got some shows coming up, we've got one on looking back on last year's UK Championship Tournament, so that should be good as well. Also, Ross will make his live debut with his Money in the Bank double
0: header that he talked about last week. Yeah, we'll be doing... Uh, one of the shows will be a history, a brief history of Money in the Bank and also a preview to this year's event. Next week we'll be looking at... the week after I should say, So, we'll be looking at the actual event itself. And then I'm posting three weeks in a row because... Blood Glutton's for Punishment <laughs> uh, We'll be talking about the best of 2018 so far The best ICW matches The best New Japan matches And the best WWE NXT yes. matches so that is, We've also got a lot of stuff in the
1: summer We're doing,
0: doing a lot on SummerSlam We've got another quiz that has been night-let-day post no, oh, yeah, no, no, no No, no, that, we, that, that's between me and Sarah That one I suggest that And it's, it's due to the fact that if, <laughs> if Sarah does a good job tomorrow If Sarah does a good job tomorrow She can host yes. it Anybody but David, and you
1: Mine was alright
2: Yours was not alright I think, I think <laughs> if David was to host another quiz we'll find out Wembley's not in London
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, if, if David hosts another quiz we'll find out how far Nathan Fisher can, <laughs> t- can <laughs>
1: we actually we He we may actually succeed Yeah, so that's coming up We've also got, we're doing a lot of stuff So we've got loads, loads of things coming up June, July and August for so listen to us. then So much going on say you can follow us on social media to keep up to date with everything, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, actually twitch tweet uh, for myself, Stephen Wilson, I'd like to thank my panel for taking the time in this lovely evening to put up with doing this remotely. Uh, to my Budapest colleague David Hockney. Yeah. I hope not to hear from you for a couple of days, David. I'll be I'll keep quiet. In the nicest possible way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, none taken. No no offense mm-hmm. taken. Uh, to the other David, David Campbell.
3: This has been Pleasurable. <laughs> he's,
1: he's, he's making it again, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to the Bubba Ray Dudley of the Stevenson household, Derek Kiernehan. Thank you, Miss <laughs> Elizabeth. I cannot believe you did that, I'm going to kill you when I see Billy Gunn. Ross Thank
0: you. I look forward to re recording this when it fails again.
1: <laughs> Ross, when are you going to be sending your daily Billy Gun meme?
0: Uh, well, we've we'll sent today's one, so tomorrow. Uh, but I'm back at work tomorrow after 18 days off, so I'll need a Billy Gun meme to get me through the day. We're going about 4 o'clock, you can expect that I'm in the group chat. Mm-hmm. And
1: to our patient, uh, EP
0: Kwaku Aji, who will
1: have to decipher this recording.
0: Yep. <laughs> so has got to be a
1: long night. <laughs> Good luck, mate. We will see you next time, so catch you later.